Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on? What a week. Holy smokes, have you caught your breath? It's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNSTAM 792 Sons. Most stimulating talk. Now, do your best to keep up. I'm doing my best to keep up. It is almost impossible to keep up. You know, there's up to six accusers now. One admitted that it was a hoax and he apologized. A dude, a dude. I'll get to all this. I, I, there are 3,000 things that I think you need to know. We'll start with this. Number one, overnight, two men have come forward that actually say, we think we're the ones that assaulted Christine Ford and she's mistaken Brett Kavanaugh for us. What? Oh, yeah, that's a big freaking deal, isn't it? That's a huge freaking deal. Oh, my God. Second thing that I think you need to know. uh, The wackadoo accuser. How are you calling her a wackadoo? Because I can. Julie Swetnick, the one that that is Michael Avenatti, the porn star attorney's client. She's the one that, I mean, how do you keep up with this stuff? She's the one that came out yesterday and said, I was at 10 parties where rapes were happening. I kept going back for them. Don't think that's weird. Plus, I was in college at the time, and these boys were in high school. Don't think that's weird. New Wall Street Journal has come out with a story saying, uh-oh, she owed over $100,000 in unpaid taxes between 2015 and 2017. Did okay. someone pay her to come forward and do this stuff? Like it would be the first time. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. On top of that, her ex-boyfriend said, I had to get a restraining order against her. She was threatening after we broke up my new wife, our baby. What? Yeah. That actually happened. Third thing, I think you need to know, and you know, it's like all this all the time. There's really like nothing else. There There are other things going on in the world. Uh, today, supposedly, Trump is going to meet with Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general. And Trump said yesterday at his awesome press conference, I'd rather not fire him, which made a lot of people say, wait, what? What? Yeah. But now there's news coming out. Uh, Fox News got these documents. Rosenstein initiated a very personal and very hostile attack on House Republican lawmakers and staffers back in May after they requested records about the FBI's investigative strategy in the Russia hoax case. So he was very, very mad. Oh, man, he was so upset. Why? Because the dude's getting caught. One person, you ready for this, named Cash Patel, the Intelligence Committee's National Security Advisor, wrote before the door even closed, we could hear. Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein scream at Chairman, that's a Congressman, Devin Nunez, the substance of which we, we would be briefed on afterwards. Rosenstein launched into personal attacks against Nunez and myself, calling me out by name, demonstrating childish behavior and a pattern in doing so. Rosenstein, without the facts to support his claims and relying on false media reporting, personally attacked the staffer, myself, and our committee. Oh, boy. They were personal attacks and hostile attacks. Three things I think you need to know. That's a big freaking deal. All right, look, there's a lot of stuff going on today. As you Actually, there's like one thing going on, but there's a lot of stuff, but there's one thing. And it starts uh, in the next hour, and we're going to dip in and out, because, listen, some of it's going to be freaking boring. 
right? It's just, it is what it is. But we're going to get some of it. Some of it we're going to have to, uh, you know, just play some highlight. That's just the way it is. It's live. We'll make it happen. Um, but let me tell you what's going to happen today. This this hearing is not going to change anybody's mind that's a Democrat or Republican. I'm just letting you know that that, that are these senators. The Republicans are going to back Kavanaugh. The Democrats are going to back uh, Christine Ford, no matter what happens. But what they're going to consider is what the public opinion is, how the public view. Do they view Kavanaugh as a guy that may get very angry? May, and by the way, he has every damn right to be frustrated and angry. He has been dragged through the mud. His wife and daughters have been threatened with violence. His wife and daughters, and especially his daughters, have had to deal with people saying terrible things about him. Why wouldn't he get mad and say, what the hell? Like, I didn't, this, this is ridiculous. This is just insane as to what's going on right now. And that, that's really going to have a big impact, I think, on people. The Democrats have not, in my estimation, thought this thing through, which is not a surprise, that there are many, many, many women that are moms of boys. Many, many women that are moms, that are grandmothers of boys. And they're married to men. And they're saying, every guy now is going to be accused of this? Toxic masculinities? We talked about this for years now, remember? And people get a big laugh out of it. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, we laugh about it too. But on college campuses, they teach men to not be men anymore. They try to take their masculinity away. They tell them... Everything about you is wrong. Everything that you may think is wrong. Your actions are wrong just because you're a guy and you have masculinity and you like chicks. It's wrong. You're a pig and here's what they're put. They're brainwashing guys that man. They're doing this on campus and dopey guys are signing up for it. What the hell's wrong with them. And this they're may, dopey. Well, there is. And, and maybe this this Kavanaugh hearing and this whole Kavanaugh situation. Maybe this will turn everything around. And people will finally say, enough is enough. And I know college campuses, look, they, they have liberals embedded in them. And they want to keep pushing this stuff. But maybe, just maybe. I mean, I, that's why we need to cut off the funding for colleges, to be honest with you. Because what is the point of a college teaching about toxic masculinity? Who the hell do you think you are? Now, I know it's the free market, and people shouldn't sign up, but nobody should be getting paid that. Nobody should be getting paid to, to, to hold these, uh, these courses or talks or whatever. It just shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. Uh, and maybe this will be a big wake-up call. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But you're gonna you're gonna see these people doing this stuff. And if people all of a sudden think that this this uh, Ford lady is full of it, then you know what? You'll get some Democrats in red states to vote with the Republicans. They're gonna call it a day. Um, now the question is, how, how is and the pressure on this poor poor Brett Kavanaugh guy? I mean, what if he looks angry and mean? See, he's angry and mean, probably that way with women. If he's not angry and mean, he's not upset, all these allegations, what's going on? How can he not be upset about this? I mean, it's insane. And I'll give you the ultimate right here. Let's play number 53 real fast. Kirsten Gillibrand. This nut, who, by the way, was hanging around with the Clintons when it was cool, she was palling around with Billy Boy. You want to talk about a guy that... Uh, you know, that, that committed sexual assault against women. Holy crap, Bill Clinton. The rape victims, Juanita Broderick, by the way, is going to be at these hearings. And she's like, I'll talk to anybody. And, of course, the media doesn't want anything to do with her. Because why should they? By the way, where, where's the outrage for Keith Ellison and his ex-girlfriend who that has medical documentation about the physical abuse she endured from him? Nothing. Nothing. So this is going to be 
Uh, not even based on facts. It's going to be based on these stupid lawmakers. What do people think? Are they going to like me? How should I? How am I going to do what's best to get reelected? That's what this is about. It's sad, but true. And you got this good guy in Kavanaugh that has to get dragged through this. Ugh. There's so much here. Okay, but here's Kirsten Gillibrand on CNN yesterday. Listen to this. Whatever he says tomorrow, it will not change my view. Well, there you go. And that's it? And that's it. That's what it is. She wants to run for president. She does? Oh, dude. She hasn't announced it, but people know it. Between her, Cory Booker. Oh, I hope so. Kamala Harris. Oh, please. That's why Trump said yesterday at his press conference. They got nothing but lightweights. I'm loving this. Maybe they'll find someone, but they got a bunch of lightweights coming at me, and I'll, I'll have my way with them. And by the way, just to, just to veer, before we get to these guys that came forward, that Trump press conference yesterday, I'm in, uh, I'm in my kitchen yesterday. My wife's like, I want chimichurri. And Ryan, you know how this is. We got to cook for them. It's what we do. Yep. So I'm making some chimichurri. And I got the radio on. I got KNST on. And I'm listening uh, to the live coverage that we had of Trump's press conference. And it was just epic. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's never been in politics. Says, I'm going to jump in and go for president. Knocks off 16 other Republicans. Knocks off a horrific dynasty in the Clintons. Wins the presidency. Gets up there. Is attacked before he's even inaugurated. Attacked before he's even elected, obviously. And he's got to fight Republicans and Democrats. And the media. And he's up there. Every day they're battling him. And yet... A year and a half later, he is in complete control. You want to know why? There are people that are leaders. There are people that are good managers. And then there are people that have no freaking clue. Obama had no freaking clue. He's a stupid academic that never had an actual job in his real life. That's all he was. I'm a professor at the University of Chicago, and I don't even teach that much. I got paid to write books. Uh, I'm a community organizer. You know the whole story. Trump. Worked, managed people, had to grow the business, had to make sure people got paid, all this stuff, right? He knows how to handle people. These other presidents, Obama never knew how to handle people. He got people, you know, fired up in a crowd because they wanted free stuff. That's what he did as a community organizer. Trump's up there, and he's just in complete control yesterday, sparring with the media. He's having a good time. He's getting his message across. I'll give you, I know we're late, but give me um, number 63, number 63. I mean, there's gotcha questions. There was one reporter that said, are you calling these three women liars? And he just, he didn't didn't give into that. So then there was a follow-up from a a female reporter and and she went for the gotcha question again. And here we go. Mr. President, there are now three women accusing Judge Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. Are you saying that all three of those women are liars? Is there anything that could be said at this yeah. event tomorrow that could cause you to withdraw the nomination? Anything at all that I will get into that game. How about tell that? You this. I won't get into that. This what is one of the highest act? quality people that I've ever met. And everybody that knows him says the same thing. And these are all false to me. These are false accusations in certain cases, and certain cases, even the media agrees with that. Even the media agrees with that. How about that? I'm not going to get into that game. That was the original question of the guy. Then he got hit up by uh, another reporter about that. I'm not going to get into that game. Not falling for that. And he was just in complete control. You want to know why? Because he's honest. We got to get the audio. We have so much to play today. 
Uh, but he was asked uh, by a reporter, did you cancel a meeting with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau? Yeah. Well, well why? Because we don't like how Canada's negotiating with us. We don't really like the trade representative. We don't like this. They have this. That. I mean, he rattled that like it's nothing. And then, like, the reporters are dumbfounded with the freaking honesty. The last guy in charge, Obama, would give you a, just a vague, slow, stammering answer that meant nothing. Nothing. This guy answers questions. He's the worst person ever. He's just, it's just a terrible thing. He's trying to be addicted. What are you, nuts? This is like the most honest guy. He's like, no, this is what's going on. They're not used to it. You can't, you can't say that China's trying to stop you from winning. Why not? I know they are. We have the evidence. It's coming out. He was a boss yesterday in that damn press conference. We'll have more coming up. Uh, you, people want to talk. What do you expect to see today? Um, we have even more. Uh, the connection between this Julie Swetnick uh, and Christine Ford's lawyer. Oh, they're all connected. They're all connected. We'll get to all this stuff. Don't go anywhere. But we'll get to the two guys that have come forward and said, listen, we're the ones that had a situation with Christine Ford. Not Kavanaugh. She's confusing this. This is really crazy. That's coming up. KNST AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. 631, thank you for hanging out. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 70 out now. And it's going to be another hot day in the 90s. That's just uh, the way it is. 98 today. 98 tomorrow. Uh, maybe it'll start cooling down over the next 10 days. It looks like it will. Probably next week we'll be in the 80s, starting in Monday. How about that? Nice. Maybe some rain on Monday. Uh, anyway, really quick. So th- there's just so much to make of this. Um, Fox News had the story early. Politico had the story early. That all of a sudden two men showed up two men uh, out of nowhere talk with the Senate Judiciary these two men said they think they assaulted Ford isn't that I mean what political this is a political congressional reporter Burgess Everett committee staff have a second interview with a man who believes he not Judge Kavanaugh had the encounter with Dr. Christine Ford in the summer of 1982 that is the basis of her allegation he described his recollection of their interaction in some detail. A second Politico reporter, Elena Shore, added the judiciary also had a phone interview with a second man who also believed that he may have assaulted Christine Ford in the summer of 1982. What? Is this not, I mean, you have people now coming forward saying, no, no, I'm the one that committed sexual assault? I'm the, What? This is all insane. I mean, and I get it. Look, can you not believe these women, but you're going to all of a sudden believe these two guys? I don't know what, but who the hell would come forward saying, I actually am the one that had the situation, as they called it, because they don't want to be saying a sexual assault or whatever, attempted rape, with Christine Ford. Holy smokes. This is crazy. 633, much more coming up, including uh, details about these other accusers uh, Michael Avenatti, the lowlife, as Trump called him, which I loved every second of it, was asked, why did your client go 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 to 10 of these parties if she knew people were getting raped there? Wait till you hear what he said. Don't go anywhere. Here's Fox. Fuck. 639. 
Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AIM 790. Now, there are three things I think you need to know. Of course, you got uh, the the hearing starting in about uh, 20 minutes or so. We'll see what happens. We'll see uh, what's going on and not bore you with boring stuff and just get you the, uh, the, great, the greatest things. Shut up, Siri. The greatest things that will happen. Anyway, th- three things I think you need to know. Number one, two men have come forward saying that, and they talked to uh, members of the Judiciary Committee and their staff, and they said, uh, we actually think, out of nowhere last night, two guys, we think that we think that Christine Ford is mixing up Kavanaugh with us. We're the ones that assaulted Christine Ford back in 82, and they gave details and all kinds of stuff. Oh. Second thing, I think you need to know, uh, Michael Avenatti, the dirtbag attorney for Stormy Daniels, and now this Julie Swetnick. Uh, oh, yeah, this Julie Swetnick, apparently Wall Street Journal reports, she owed over $100,000 in unpaid taxes from 2015 to 2017. She needed some cash. So is that really the motivation to come out with these ridiculous, with that ridiculous uh, sworn statement that she witnessed girls getting drugged at these parties and she was in college, these boys were in high school, uh, but she kept going back to these parties where girls were getting drugged and then she accidentally got drugged and got raped. Uh, really? Of course, she didn't say that Kavanaugh actually did any raping or witnessed it, but she threw his name in there. She owed a lot of money back taxes. Third thing, I think you need to know, Rod Rosenstein, Fox News has documents. Rod Rosenstein went off on Congressman Devin Nunez, went off on other people. Uh, Trey Gowdy, uh, behind closed doors, he started screaming at him because they wanted records about the FBI's investigative strategy into the Russia case. He went nuts, started attacking them personally, yelling at them, all this stuff. All this stuff. Rosenstein, he's going to meet with Trump today. We'll see. Trump said he might cancel it. He doesn't take any, any, um, anything away from this Kavanaugh hearing. Three things I think you need to know. Are you out of breath yet? It's only 6.41 in the morning right now. I mean, are you, I'm out of breath for God's sakes. Ryan's out of breath, but right. And I'm just, I'm, I, I can say that, can I? No. Can I, I can't. Uh, Julie Swetnick. Turn on my mic. appropriating my culture. That's right. Julie Swetnick. Wall Street Journal. This is the one again. I was at these parties at 10 of them. I saw trains of men. You had men lining up in a train. They were going to have sex in a room. I didn't witness any of it, but I, I know they were going to have sex in a room with girls. And I went back to these parties. I went to at least 10 of these parties because it makes sense to go back to these parties, right? So apparently she has a history. A spokesman for New York Life confirmed that she worked there as an agent for less than two years from 2006 to 2008. But she never listed this work on a, on a resume posted online. She actually sued them. She sued New York Life for sexual harassment, claimed somebody sexually harassed her there. The attorney that represented this Julie Swetnick worked for the law firm run by Deborah Katz. Deborah Katz is the attorney for Christine Ford, who is testifying today or giving her statement, whatever. Notice they're all kind of lumped together. What are they? I mean, at all the lawyers to use, you're going to use a lawyer from the law firm of the woman that is representing Christine Ford, who made the first accusation against Kavanaugh. Hmm. Nothing to see here. Swetnick also didn't pay her taxes. She's like Al Sharpton. Uh, Maryland's comptroller in 2015 filed a lien against her uh, for more than 30000 in unpaid taxes. The state demanded about the same amount in interest and penalties for a bill about sixty two grand. They released a lien in 2016. In 2017, the IRS filed a lien against her Washington apartment for 40000 bucks in unpaid taxes. 
and released it in March saying the tax bill had been paid. Where Did she just stumble upon this money? These are questions to know, right? Did somebody say, we'll take care of this if you step up and make these accusations? These are things that need to be asked. They need to be asked. And then you throw in the stories of, uh, of this woman who apparently is, is a bit crazy, right? A bit nuts. An ex-boyfriend came forward and told Politico, and this is according to Miami-Dade County Court Records, a petition injunction against this, this Julie Swetnick was filed March 1st, 2001 by her former boyfriend, Richard Vinnessy. Case was dismissed 13 days later, not long after an affidavit of non-ability to advance fees was filed. This guy's 63. He's a registered Democrat. This ex-boyfriend of hers, Richard Vinnessy. He claims Swetnick threatened him multiple times after they broke up. Going after, going after him, his current wife, they had a kid together, quote, right after I broke up with her, she was threatening my family, threatening my wife, and threatening to do harm to my baby at that time. I know a lot about her, he told Politico. She's not credible at all. Not at all. He said she died. You ready for this? The ex-boyfriend threatened by this lady, everything. He says he doesn't believe a word of her story and told Politico he has a lot of facts to back his claims against her. I have a lot of facts, evidence that what she's saying is not true at all. Wow. Now her dirtbag attorney, the lowlife, as Trump called him, Avenatti. Avenatti said to uh, to Politico, I didn't know anything about this restraining order. Yet he said, I vetted her extensively. Hmm. Really? Uh-huh. Now, let's go to Avenatti. Let's talk about this. He was asked about the lawsuits and the restraining orders and the threats and all this other stuff. Number 55, if you don't mind. Michael Avenatti with Allison Camerata. She said, what about these lawsuits? This is what Avenatti said. These are irrelevant Completely irrelevant <laughs> to whether this woman is telling the truth about these allegations. It's an attempt to assassinate her character, and it's about attacking a sexual abuse victim. Mm. That's what it's about, huh? Now, let's go to Avenatti one more time. Let's get 54 ready, because the question that everybody is asking is, if you know that there are rapes going on, and there's like it's like a rape party, and there's all these things going on where girls are getting drugged, why would you go back? Why would Julie Swetnick go back ten to ten of these parties if she knew it? And then all of a sudden she's like, I saw the girls getting drugged. They're putting quaaludes in the punch and they're spiking the punch. Well, why the hell would you drink something if you know that's happening to then all of a sudden she claims she then I got raped. Somehow I got I drank it. What? What's going on? So Allison Camerata, and I left the question in on CNN, uh, asked him about it. Listen, here we go. Why would she ever go back? Why did she go to 10 of those house parties? Well, first of all, to be clear, uh, spiking the punch wasn't necessarily unusual. It's, it's the purpose what? behind spiking the punch. Yeah, but the and other some stuff, of the other, I know, but let me, I know, but let me finish. Okay, let me finish. So um, she witnessed a lot of this conduct as it relates to what was going on in these not back the bedrooms. She did not understand at the time the magnitude of what was transpiring in those back bedrooms. Really? Until she was ultimately gang raped really? and drugged, as she mm. details in the declaration. So, you know, a lot of this 
would be substantiated if there was an investigation, which is what we want. We're not, we are not uh, laying out all of the facts and all the evidence right now. That's not our obligation. Wow. Hmm. So there's that. Now, you can comment 880-KNST, 880-5678. There's information about the polygraph as well. Yes, let's go to Dr. Ford now, the first accuser, Dr. Christine Ford. She, according to the Washington Post, took a polygraph to prove that what she's telling about uh, Kavanaugh is the truth, all this other stuff. But now that it's being released, and, and originally Ford, Ford's lawyers yesterday was like, it's not important to release the polygraph to the their Senate Judiciary Committee. What? What are you, crazy? So Ford, it says here, submitted to a polygraph in early August. She answered two very general questions about sexual assault that she believes happened in the early 1980s. When she was a teenager, Kavanaugh was a teenager. Uh, a former FBI investigator, Jeremiah Hannafin, reportedly administered the test at a Baltimore, Maryland hotel in early August. Interesting. So she flew from California to Baltimore, Maryland in early August to do a lie detector test. To do a polygraph. Now, she has said that she didn't want to go to, to D.C. because she was afraid to travel. Afraid to travel? You've traveled to... Really? Hmm. Dr. Ford, according to her ter- attorneys, prepared for the examination by compiling a written statement about her ordeal uh, in concert with her attorneys, gave that to the former FBI guy that did the polygraph. He used that to interview her. Huh. Now, remember, polygraphs are not admissible as evidence in court, just so you know. But there were a bunch of the, the results that were given, that were given. Apparently, there were errors in it. There were there was just some things that were weird that kind of made you say about, uh, about, about her statements of the past. Is she telling the truth? Okay, like I'll give an example. In the statement given to the guy that worked for the FBI, the retired FBI guy, Hannafin, that gave her the polygraph, in the statement she gave to him, Christine Ford mentions there were four boys and a couple of girls at the party. In her later statement, she mentions only four boys at the party. So they said there were four boys and a couple of girls at the party. Then she mentioned there were four boys at the party, including Kavanaugh and Judge. That's different from the account Ford gave to her therapist, where she claimed four boys were in the room when she was attacked. She later explained this as a mistake on the part of the therapist. Because remember, then she said there were only two boys, Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. So there's all kinds of different things, right? All kinds of different things going on here. Uh, Misinformation. There is a fourth accuser, a fifth accuser. You know, Senator Cory Gardner, Republican, he's a dope. We had him on this show a couple years ago. He called up to, to pump up Marco Rubio. And he got thoroughly embarrassed by me, which I'm proud to say. Corey Gardner is not a bright guy. He's a senator from Colorado. He got a, a letter, and he put it out there. Somebody wrote an anonymous, no name, nothing, no facts, saying, Brett Kavanaugh did something bad to my daughter. Bubba. I mean, are you kidding me right now? And he puts it out. Look what I got, an anonymous letter with no name, no signature, no address. But here we go. So apparently if you write any letter, send it to, send it to a member of the, the Senate, they will say, here's another witness. Here's another accuser. These people, this is all insane. We'll get to all this stuff. Joel, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to KNST. Hi, Joel. Hey, good morning. The most uh, obvious flaw in what I see occurring with all of this is that um, none of these accusations were made until just recently. And the most recent 
accusations weren't made until we got closer to the hearing, which begs the question, let's say that Judge Kavanaugh was not up for being on the Supreme Court. Would these women just not have anything to say to anyone because exactly. they're not willing to prevent him from being on the Supreme Court? Is it only after tens, twelves, twenty, thirty years people feel they need to come forward only because he's now nominated for the Supreme Court and other than that they were okay to live with it? It's just too convenient. It, it, well, it's that. Look at look at the women that accused Herman Cain of sexual misconduct, and then he disappeared when he dropped out of the presidential race in 2012. All those women that accused Trump before he won the election of all the sexual misconduct, where did they go? Where did they go? They all disappeared. And then how about this? Every witness, this is what it comes down to. This is what we, we mention this, and we forget about it, or we don't talk about it enough. All the witnesses that Dr. Ford said that could back up her claims have denied the incident even happened. Even as, even her friends have denied the incident that even happened. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's obvious garbage. that this is all political. However, having said that, if there are women who have experienced memories years and years after it happened and they feel they need to get straight with it, we have to understand we live in a society where you are presumed innocent until you're proved guilty, mm -hmm. not the other way around. This idea now that if a woman says it, that ipso facto makes it true, and now we have to prove a negative, that's a really dangerous place to go you're right. for our society. You're right. Great, great point, Joel. Thank you very much. You know, just to piggyback on that real quick, I think we have time. I think we have time. Alan Dershowitz, 56. We'll play some of this. Alan, oh, can we do it? You know, we'll do it when we get back. What Alan Dershowitz said was, was pretty, pretty spot on. We'll get to that coming up. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. Locations. Uh, there's no reason that you need to live with any, any, any of the uh, any of the nasty pests, the scorpions, the cockroaches, any of that stuff. Five-star termite pest control is local. They are locally owned, been that way since 1981. I've used them to make sure my house is not infested with anything for eight and a half years. If I've used them for eight and a half years to make sure that my house doesn't have scorpions, bugs, spiders, you name it, you can use them, too. They make the killing juice fresh every day. The owner, Shelby Hawkins, knows what our environment is like. Why use a national company that uses the same killing juice all over the country when you can have a local company that knows exactly what it's like here in southern Arizona so they know exactly what it takes to treat and protect your home? 886-0045. They have the best termite treatment uh, as well. Ten-year guarantee that termites will not do anything to your home. They foam your home. They don't inject. Uh, they, don't, they don't go into your slab and, and treat the earth. They literally inject foam into the walls of your home, coating the wood. It absorbs. I did it two years ago, almost two years ago. Next month's two years. Ten years of guaranteed protection from Five Star Termite Pest Control. 886-0045, 5star-termite.com. All right, it's uh, 7.06. Thursday, September 27th. Garrett Lewis with you here on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. We are getting close to the time uh, for Christine Blasey Ford. To give her statement, which I've read part of it already, they've released it. It's going to be interesting. Um, as a matter of fact, let's let's go live to the coverage with Senator, with Senator Charles Grassley first. Here we go. 25 years ago, nowhere in any of these six FBI reports, which committee investigators have reviewed on a bipartisan basis, was there a whiff of any issue, any issue at all related in any way to inappropriate sexual behavior. Dr. Ford first raised her allegations in a secret letter 
to the uh, ranking member nearly two months ago in July. This letter was secret from July 30th, September 13th to, uh, no, July 30th until September 13th when I first heard about it. The ranking member took no action. The letter wasn't shared with me, our colleagues, or my staff. These allegations could have been investigated in a way that maintained the confidentiality that Dr. Ford uh, requested. Before his hearing, Judge Kavanaugh met privately with 65 senators, including the ranking member. But the ranking member didn't ask Judge Kavanaugh about the allegations when she met with him privately in August. The Senate Judiciary Committee held its four-day public hearing from September 4th to September 7th. Judge Kavanaugh testified for more than 32 hours uh, in public. We held a closed session for members to ask sensitive questions on, that on the last evening, which the ranking member did not attend. Judge Kavanaugh answered nearly 1,300 written questions submitted by senators after the hearing, more than all prior Supreme Court nominees. Throughout this period, we did not know about the ranking member's secret evidence. Then, only at an 11th hour, on the eve of Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation vote, did the ranking member refer the allegations to the FBI. And then, sadly, the allegations were leaked to the press. And that's where Dr. Uh, Ford was mistreated. This is a shameful way to treat our witness who insisted on confidentiality and, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Judge Kavanaugh, who has had to address these allegations in the midst of a media circus. When I received Dr. Ford's letter on September the 13th, my staff and I recognized the seriousness of these allegations and immediately began our committee's investigation consistent with the way the committee has handled such allegations in the past. Every step of the way, the Democratic side refused to participate in what should have been a bipartisan investigation. And as far as I know, on all of our judgeships throughout at least the last four years, or three years, that's been the way it's been handled. After Dr. Ford's identity became public, my staff contacted all the individuals she uh, said attended the 1982 party described in the Washington Post article. Judge Kavanaugh immediately submitted to an interview under penalty of felony for any knowingly false statements. He denied the allegations categorically. Democratic staff was invited to participate and could have asked any questions he wanted to, but they declined. Which leads me then to wonder, if they're really concerned with going to the truth, why wouldn't you want to talk to the accused? The process and procedure is what the committee always does when we receive allegations of wrongdoing. My staff reached out to other individuals allegedly at the party, Mark Judge, Patrick Smith, Leland uh, Kaiser. All three submitted statements to the Senate under, under penalty of felony, denying any knowledge of the events described by Dr. Ford. Dr. Ford's lifelong friend, Dr. Ms. Kaiser, um, stated she doesn't know Judge Kavanaugh 
and doesn't recall ever attending a party with him. My staff made repeated requests to interview Dr. Ford during the past 11 days, even volunteering to fly to California to take her testimony. But her attorneys refused to prevent, present her allegations to Congress. I, never, I nevertheless honored her request for a public hearing, so Dr. Ford today has the opportunity to prevent her allegations under oath. As you can see, the Judiciary Committee was able to conduct thorough investigations into allegations, or thorough investigations into allegations. Some of my colleagues, consistent with their stated desires to obstruct Kavanaugh's nomination by any means precisely, uh, by any means necessary, pushed for FBI investigations into the allegations. But I have no authority to force the executive branch agency to conduct an investigation into a matter it considers to be closed. Moreover, once the allegations become, became public, it was easy to identify all the alleged witnesses and conduct our own investigations. Contrary to what the public has been led to believe, the FBI doesn't perform any credibility assessments or verify the truth of any events in these background investigations. I'll quote then Chairman Joe Biden during Justice Thomas's confirmation hearing. This is what Senator Biden said, quote, the next person who refers to an FBI report as being worth anything obviously doesn't understand anything. The FBI explicitly does not, in this or any other case, reach a conclusion, period. They say he, he said, she said, they said, period. So when people wave an FBI report before you, understand they do not. They do not. They do not reach conclusions. They do not make recommendations. Uh, end of Senator Biden's quote. The FBI provided us with the allegations. Now it's up to the Senate to assess their credibility, which brings us to this very time. I look forward to a fair and respectful hearing. That's what we promised Dr. Ford. Some of my colleagues have complained about the fact that an expert on this side is investigating sex crimes will be questioning the witness. I see no basis for complaint other than just plain politics. The testimony we will hear today concerns allegations of sexual assault, very serious allegations. This is an incredibly complex and sensitive subject to discuss, and it's not an easy one to discuss. That is why the senators on this side of the dais believe an expert who has deep experience and training in interviewing victims of sexual assault and investigating sexual assault allegations should be asking questions. This will be a stark contrast to the grandstanding and chaos that we saw from the other side during the previous four days in this hearing process. I can think of no one better equipped to question the witnesses than Rachel Mitchell. Ms. Mitchell is a career prosecutor, civil servant with decades of experience investigating and prosecuting sex crimes. She has dedicated her career to seeking justice for survivors of sex-related felonies.
Most recently, Rachel was a division chief of the Special Victims Division, Maricopa County Attorney's Office, which prosecutes sex crimes and family violence. Then Democratic Senator Governor Janet Napolitano previously recognized her as the Outstanding Arizona Sexual Assault Prosecutor of the Year. And she has spent years instructing prosecutors, detectives, and child protection workers on how to properly interview victims of sexual assault and abuse. With her aid, I look forward to a fair and productive hearing. I understand that there are two other public allegations. Today's hearing was scheduled to, uh, in close consultation with Dr. Ford's attorneys, and her testimony will be the subject of this hearing. We've been trying to investigate other allegations. At this time, we have not had cooperation from attorneys representing other clients, and they have made no attempt to substantiate their claims. My staff has tried to secure testimony and evidence from attorneys for both Deborah Ramirez and Julie Swetnick. My staff made eight requests, yes, eight requests, for evidence from attorneys for Ms. Ms. Ramirez, and six requests for, for evidence for attorneys for Ms. Swetnick. Neither attorney has made their clients available for interview. The committee can't do an investigation if attorneys are stonewalling. I hope you all understand that we have attempted to seek additional information, as we do a lot of times when there are holes in what we call the BI reports. Additionally, all the witnesses should know uh, by when I say all the witnesses, I mean Dr. Ford and I mean uh, Judge Kavanaugh. All the witnesses should know that they have the right under Senate Rule 26.5 to ask that the committee go into closed session if a question requires an answer. Okay, that's where that you, is we got clear. the end. We don't need the rules right now, but we heard that. Uh, Senator Grassley, by the way, it's KNST AM790. Thank you for listening. Gary Lewis with you. Senator Grassley laying it out how they tried to get the other witnesses to come forward and talk, and none of them wanted to do it. All this stuff. Rip Feinstein. Ripped how the Democrats handled this. Show, improved again how what the FBI really does. Good for him. It'll be totally ignored by the crazies in the media, but we're going to continue. Uh, don't go anywhere. KNST, because right now, Diane Feinstein's talking, and I don't think you really want to listen to her, and we need to make money because that's what we do. Yes. KNST will continue with coverage in four. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating to me. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus IR radio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. 725, Gary Lewis with you here, KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. We'll dip in and out of coverage of the Kavanaugh-Ford hearings throughout the show. I just don't want to waste your time when Diane Feinstein's talking. I'd rather talk than hear Diane Feinstein's garbage, just so you know. But, uh, she is Fein- a senator. Yeah, Feinstein is continuing to talk. Talk, 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 and I don't really hear much of what's going on. But there's other news, too, by the way. Uh, it has been confirmed right now. Final reading on the second quarter of our growth of our economy confirmed at 4.2%. Fastest rise in about four years. Best performance since third quarter of 2011. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. The economists, again, we're off. They now think the next quarter is going to, well, the one we're now will slow down due to trade and tariffs and that. Yeah, okay. Sure, we'll see what happens. 4.2%. Remember when Obama's was like 1.8% and they're like, this is the new normal. It's just how it is. Will they call this the new normal? Probably not because they don't want Trump to get any credit. So 4.2%, which is pretty freaking good. Now, when uh, Christine Blasey Ford starts to read her stuff, uh, she's going to mention certain things that I'm like, wow, really? This is, uh, this is, this is, this is kind of crazy, but you know, it is what it is. Um, she's going to say about the incident, there were four boys. I remember being there, Red Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, PJ Smith, and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. Well, that's different. She's changing her story. She originally said there were three boys there. Now there's another boy she can't recall. So the statement is changing. She then says, she'll say in her statement, I remember my friend Leland Ingham attending. Here's the thing. Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, PJ Smith, and her friend Leland Ingham deny this incident ever happened. Leland Ingham, through her lawyer, if you remember, this is her friend, because I remember my friend attending. Leland Ingham, Leland Ingham through her lawyer, said she has never met Brett Kavanaugh and she was never at a party with Brett Kavanaugh, with or without Christine Ford there. Doesn't that make it, I mean, if this was in the court of law, they'd say, well, that's reasonable doubt. This, you know, there's just not anything there. I mean, come on, right? So this is the stuff that she is going to say. And if you missed it, the big news from overnight is that two men have come forward talk to the Senate Judiciary Committee claiming that they sexually assaulted Dr. Ford, not Brett Kavanaugh. It's so strange. Do they feel guilty? Are they telling the truth? I don't know. But two men have come forward and said, we, we actually are the ones that sexually assaulted Christine Ford. They, one of them apparently gave pretty vivid detail. And they said, we believe that she is mixing Kavanaugh, us, uh, Kavanaugh up with us. So now you have this, that, I mean, really, this, this is what's going on right now. This is incredible stuff. I have never seen anything like this in my life. And overnight, there were now up to six different accusers, by the way, of Kavanaugh. And let me tell you, they're bogus. They're so bogus. You ready for this? The fifth accuser has already apologized. NBC um, reported a fourth anonymous accuser, and that turned out to be fake news. We'll get into that. But now, all of a sudden, apparently, there a fifth, a fifth sexual assault allegation was leveled against Brett Kavanaugh by a man who wrote to his senator that a female friend was assaulted on a boat in Rhode Island in 1985 by two heavily inebriated men she referred to at the time as Brett and Mark. Brett and Mark. Kavanaugh denied it. The man wrote the letter to the senator, said he and another individual hunted down Brett and Mark at the harbor, physically confronting them, leaving them with significant injuries. He has now apologized, saying it was a hoax. This is what's going on right now. He apologized. Holy smokes. He apologizes for claiming Kavanaugh did this. 
This is the level of insanity that we're dealing with, okay? So we're going to continue. We will break in once Christine Blasey Ford starts to actually talk and Dianne Feinstein actually shuts up. Nobody wants to hear what these people have to say, but they want to make it about them. There's going to be a lot of craziness happening throughout the morning, throughout the day. Keep it right here on KNST AM 790, and we'll be back right now. We'll give you the latest from Fox News. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Chris Foster. A Senate hearing has just started to hear Christine Blasey Ford's claim that she was sexually assaulted by Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh when they were both in high school. Later, Judge Kavanaugh will take questions. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley. And I intend, hopefully, for today's hearing to be safe, comfortable, and dignified for both of our witnesses. I hope my colleagues will join me in this effort of a show of civility. He says attorneys for other accusers have not cooperated with the committee's attempts to investigate. Sexual violence is a serious problem and one that largely goes unseen. And in her opening statement, the top committee Democrat, Dianne Feinstein, says there should be a full FBI investigation with other witnesses brought in. This is a Fox News alert. And I were in high school. I've described the events publicly before. I summarized them in my letter to Ranking Member Feinstein and again in a letter to Chairman Grassley. I understand and appreciate the importance of your hearing from me directly about what happened to me and the impact that it has had on my life and on my family. I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I attended the Holton Arms School in Bethesda, Maryland from 1978 to 1984. Holton Arms is an all-girls school that opened in 1901. During my time at the school, girls at Holton Arms frequently met and became friendly with boys from all boys schools in the area, including the Landon School, Georgetown Prep, Gonzaga High School, as well as our country clubs and other places where kids and families socialized. This is how I met Brett Kavanaugh, the boy who sexually assaulted me. During my freshman and sophomore school years, when I was 14 and 15 years old, my group of friends intersected with Brett and his friends for a short period of time. I had been friendly with a classmate of Brett's for a short time during my freshman and sophomore year. And it was through that connection that I attended a number of parties that Brett also attended. We did not know each other well, but I knew him and he knew me. In the summer of 1982, like most summers, I spent most every day at the Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland, swimming and practicing diving. One evening that summer, after a day of diving at the club, I attended a small gathering at a house in the Bethesda area. There were four boys I remember specifically being at the house. Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, a boy named PJ, and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. I also remember my friend Leland attending. I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together, but like many that summer, it was almost surely a spur-of-the-moment gathering. 
I truly wish I could be more helpful with more detailed answers to all of the questions that have and will be asked about how I got to the party and where it took place and so forth. I don't have all the answers and I don't remember as much as I would like to. But the details that about that night that bring me here today are the ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. When I got to the small gathering, people were drinking beer in a small living room, family room type area on the first floor of the house. I drank one beer. Brett and Mark were visibly drunk. Early in the evening, I went up a very narrow set of stairs leading from the living room to a second floor to use the restroom. When I got to the top of the stairs, I was pushed from behind into a bedroom across from the bathroom. I couldn't see who pushed me. Brett and Mark came into the bedroom and locked the door behind them. There was music playing in the bedroom. It was turned up louder by either Brett or Mark once we were in the room. I was pushed onto the bed and Brett got on top of me. He began running his hands over my body and grinding into me. I yelled, hoping that someone downstairs might hear me. And I tried to get away from him, but his weight was heavy. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe, and I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Both Brett and Mark were drunkenly laughing during the attack. They seemed to be having a very good time. Mark seemed ambivalent, at times urging Brett on, and at times telling him to stop. A couple of times I made eye contact with Mark and thought he might try to help me, but he did not. During this assault, Mark came over and jumped on the bed twice while Brett was on top of me. And the last time that he did this, we toppled over and Brett was no longer on top of me. I was able to get up and run out of the room. Directly across from the bedroom was a small bathroom. I ran inside the bathroom and locked the door. I waited until I heard Brett and Mark leave the bedroom, laughing and loudly walk down the narrow stairway, pinballing off the walls on the way down. I waited, and when I did not hear them come back up the stairs, I left the bathroom, went down the same stairwell, through the living room, and left the house. I remember being on the street and feeling an enormous sense of relief that I had escaped that house and that Brett and Mark were not coming outside after me. Brett's assault on me drastically altered my life. For a very long time, I was too afraid and ashamed to tell anyone these details. I did not want to tell my parents that I, at age 15, was in a house without any parents present, 
drinking beer with boys. I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. Over the years, I told very, very few friends that I had this traumatic experience. I told my husband before we were married that I had experienced a sexual assault. I had never told the details to anyone, the specific details, until May 2012 during a couple's counseling session. The reason this came up in counseling is that my husband and I had completed a very extensive very long remodel of our home, and I insisted on a second front door, an idea that he and others disagreed with and could not understand. In explaining why I wanted a second front door, I began to describe the assault in detail. I recall saying that the boy who assaulted me could someday be on the US Supreme Court and spoke a bit about his background at an elitist all-boys school in Bethesda, Maryland. My husband recalls that I named my attacker as Brett Kavanaugh. After that May 2012 therapy session, I did my best to ignore the memories of the assault because recounting them caused me to relive the experience and caused panic and anxiety. Occasionally, I would discuss the assault in an individual therapy session, but talking about it caused more reliving of the trauma, so I tried not to think about it or discuss it. But over the years, I went through periods where I thought about the attack. I had confided in some close friends that I had had an experience with sexual assault. Occasionally, I stated that my assailant was a prominent lawyer or judge, but I did not use his name. I do not recall each person I spoke to about Brett's assault. And some friends have reminded me of these conversations since the publication of the Washington Post story on September 16, 2018. But until July 2018, I had never named Mr. Kavanaugh as my attacker outside of therapy. This changed in early July 2018. I saw press reports stating that Brett Kavanaugh was on the short list of a list of very well-qualified Supreme Court nominees. I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault. On July 6th, I had a sense of urgency to relay the information to the Senate and the President as soon as possible before a nominee was selected. I did not know how specifically to do this. I called my congressional representative and let her receptionist know that someone on the president's shortlist had attacked me. I also sent a message to the encrypted Washington Post confidential tip line. I did not use my name, but I provided the names of Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. I stated that Mr. Kavanaugh had assaulted me in the 1980s in Maryland. This was an extremely hard thing for me to do, but I felt that I couldn't not do it. Over the next two days, I told a couple of close friends on the beach in Aptos, California, that Mr. Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted me. I was very conflicted as to whether to speak out. 
on July 9th, I received a return phone call from the office of Congresswoman Anna Eshoo after Mr. Kavanaugh had become the nominee. I met with her staff on July 18th and with her on July 20th, describing the assault and discussing my fears about coming forward. Later, we discussed the possibility of sending a letter to Ranking Member Feinstein, who is one of my state senators, describing what occurred. My understanding is that Representative Eshoo's office delivered a copy of my letter to Senator Feinstein's office on July 30th. The letter included my name, but also a request that it be kept confidential. My hope was that providing the information confidentially would be sufficient to allow the Senate to consider Mr. Kavanaugh's serious misconduct without having to make myself, my family, or anyone's family vulnerable to the personal attacks and invasions of privacy that we have faced since my name became public. In a letter dated August 31st, Senator Feinstein wrote that she would not share the letter without my explicit consent and I appreciated this commitment. Sexual assault victims should be able to decide for themselves when and whether their private experience is made public. As the hearing date got closer, I struggled with a terrible choice. Do I share the facts with the Senate and put myself and my family in the public spotlight? Or do I preserve our privacy and allow the Senate to make its decision without knowing the full truth of his past behaviors. I agonized daily with this decision throughout August and September 2018. The sense of duty that originally motiva motivated me to reach out confidentially to the Washington Post and to Anna Eshoo's office when there was still a list of extremely qualified candidates and to Senator Feinstein was always there but my fears of the consequences of speaking out started to exponentially increase. During August 2018, the press reported that Mr. Kavanaugh's confirmation was virtually certain. Persons painted him as a champion of women's rights and empowerment. And I believed that if I came forward, my single voice would be drowned out by a chorus of powerful supporters. By the time of the confirmation hearings, I had resigned myself to remaining quiet and letting the committee and the Senate make their decision without knowing what Mr. Kavanaugh had done to me. Once the press started reporting on the existence of the letter I had sent to Senator Feinstein, I faced mounting pressure. Reporters appeared at my home and at my workplace, demanding information about the letter in the presence of my graduate students. They called my bosses and coworkers and left me many messages, making it clear that my name would inevitably be released to the media. I decided to speak out publicly to a journalist who had originally responded to the tip I had sent to the Washington Post and who had gained my trust. It was important for me to describe the details of the assault in my own words. Since September 16th, the date of the Washington Post story, I have experienced an outpouring of support from people in every state of this country. 
thousands and thousands of people who have had their lives dramatically altered by sexual violence have reached out to share their experience and have thanked me for coming forward. We have received tremendous support from our friends and our community. At the same time, my greatest fears have been realized and the reality has been far worse than what I expected. My family and I have been the target of constant harassment and death threats, and I have been called the most vile and hateful names imaginable. These messages, while far fewer than the expressions of support, have been terrifying and have rocked me to my core. People have posted my personal information and that of my parents online on the internet. This has resulted in additional emails, calls, and threats. My family and I were forced to move out of our home. Since September 16th, my family and I have been visiting in various secure locales, at times separated and at times together, with the help of security guards. This past Tuesday evening, my work email was hacked and messages were sent out trying to recant my description of the sexual assault. Apart from the assault itself, these past couple of weeks have been the hardest of my life. I've had to relive this trauma in front of the world. And I've seen my life picked apart by people on television, on Twitter, so other social media, other media, and in this body who have never met me or spoken with me. I have been accused of acting out of partisan political motives. Those who say that do not know me. I am an independent person and I am no one's pawn. My motivation in coming forward was to be helpful and to provide facts about how Mr. Kavanaugh's actions have damaged my life so that you could take into a serious consideration as you make your decision about how to proceed. It is not my responsibility to determine whether Mr. Kavanaugh deserves to sit on the Supreme Court. My responsibility is to tell you the truth. I understand that a professional prosecutor has been hired to ask me questions and I'm committed to doing my very best to answer them. I have never been questioned by a prosecutor and I will do my best. At the same time, because the committee members will be judging my credibility, I do hope to be able to engage directly with each of you. And at this point, I will do my best to answer your questions. All right, there we go. 751, we got to take a quick break. We'll continue on KNST. All right, let's continue. 808. You know what? Let's pop in. It's Gary Lewis, KNST AM 792, sounds most stimulating talk. Rachel Mitchell is continuing to question uh, Christine Ford. Let's listen in. Mr. Kavanaugh and Mr. Judge were extremely inebriated. They had clearly been drinking prior, and the other people at the party were not. Um, the living Can room I was- ask you just to follow up on that? When you said it was clear that they had been drinking prior, do you mean prior to the time you had gotten there or prior to the time they had arrived? Prior to the time that they arrived. I don't recall who arrived first, though, whether it was me or them. Okay. Please continue. Okay. So, so how does that make sense? That I, could, I, could I don't know who got there first, plan. but they drink before um, they arrived? What? I recall that it was a sparsely furnished, fairly modest living room, uh, and it was not really a party like the news has made it sound, uh, it was not. It was just a gathering that I 
assumed was going to lead to a party later on that those boys would attend because they tended to have parties later at night than mm -hmm. I was allowed to stay out. So it was kind of a pre-gathering. Was it loud? No, not in the living room. Um, besides the music that you've described that was playing in the bedroom, was there any other um, music or television or anything like that that was adding? No. Okay. So there wasn't a stereo playing downstairs? No. Okay. Senator Leahy. Dr. Ford, thank you uh, for okay, being here. Okay, that's all we here. need for now. That's all we need for now. I just wanted to hear some of that. So really quick, again, Garrett Lewis with you here. KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Really quick, three things that I think you need to know. Uh, obviously, the hearing is going on, but one overnight, uh, it came out, news came out, that two men came forward and had conversations with Senate Judiciary Committee members and their staff saying that they were actually the ones that sexually assaulted Christine Ford, which is insane. And nobody's brought it up, by the way, not that I know of. They came out and sexually assaulted Christine Ford, and they think that she is actually mixing up Brett Kavanaugh with them. Now, are they telling the truth? I have no idea, but two men come forward and say, we're the ones that sexually assaulted her? Holy crap. Second thing I think you need to know. Um, the uh, One of the other people, one, yeah, Avenatti's, the, the low-life lawyer Avenatti, his client, Julie Swetnick, that came out yesterday with this story that she went to 10 of these parties where she knew girls were getting drugged, so she claimed. But it turns out the Wall Street Journal says that she owed about 100, over 100 grand in back taxes. And uh, did she just do this because she needed some cash? Eesh. Wouldn't be the first time. Third thing I think you need to know, uh, final numbers on second quarter growth, 4.2%. Is this the new normal? It's freaking huge. The media will be having a party for Obama if he had 4.2% growth. Uh, so that we have that. Three things I think you need to know. Now, I want to go back real quick to the first thing in the last hour that Rachel Smith, the Maricopa County prosecutor in D.C. now, asked, and we'll get your comments, this is what she asked um, Christine Ford. Listen to this. We've put before you, and I'm sure you have copies of them, and of copy anyway, five pieces of information, and I wanted to go over them. Um, the first is a screenshot of a WhatsApp texting between you and somebody at the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. Do you have that in front of you? Yes. Um, the first two texts were sent by you on July 6th. Is that correct? Correct. And then the last one sent by you was on July 10th? Correct. Okay. Um, are those three comments accurate? So I will read them, yes. She's reading what she, te what she texted, the Washington Post report. Listen. So there's one correction. Okay. Um, I've misused the word bystander as an adjective. Okay. Bystander means someone that is looking at an assault and, and uh, the person named PJ was not a, technically a bystander. I was writing very quickly with a sense of urgency. So I would not call him a bystander. He was downstairs and you know what I remember of him was he was a, a tall and very nice person. I didn't know him well, but that he was downstairs, not anywhere near the event. Okay. Okay. Pause it right there. Thank you. So I'd like to take. Well, oh wait, 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 wait. What, what was she about to say there? Because I didn't. I, I only heard that up to that part. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. So I'd like to take that word out if it's possible. Okay. Okay. There's Thank you for Claire. So funny. She brings up this P.J. Smith. P.J. Smith is one of the four people that she claims. Now it used to be three. Now it's four. In the beginning, she said uh, Brett Kavanaugh was a witness to the uh, assault because he, had, in her mind, did it. 
Mark Judge, actually, yeah, Mark Judge, and then it was uh, it was three boys and a girl. Uh, her friend Leland Ingham, who of course denied it, and then now all of a sudden this morning she says there was another boy she can't recall his name that was there. But let's go to Pat Patrick P J Smith, Patrick J Smith. They called him P J. She said he was there. Blah blah blah. Do you remember? And this is what's crazy. Okay, do you remember he he again denies this whole event? Let me go to the CNN story from nine days ago. Patrick P.J. Smith went to Georgetown Prep with, of course, Red Kavanaugh. Eric Bruce is representing P.J. Smith. He wrote a letter to Chuck Grassley and Diane Feinstein. It includes a quote from Smith denying seeing any improper conduct from Kavanaugh. Quote, I understand I've been na- identified by Dr. Christine Blasey Ford as the person she remembers as P.J., who supposedly was present at the party she described in her statements to the Washington Post. I am issuing this statement today to make it clear to all involved that I have no knowledge of the party in question, nor do I have any knowledge of the allegations of improper conduct she has leveled against Brett Kavanaugh. Personally speaking, I've known Brett Kavanaugh since high school, and I know him to be a person of great integrity, a great friend, and I have never witnessed any improper conduct by Brett Kavanaugh towards women. To safeguard my own privacy and anonymity, I respectfully request the committee accept this statement in response to any inquiry the committee may have. So Kavanaugh is denied being at the party. This P.J. Smith right there says, I don't have any knowledge of this party. So he's, I don't remember. I wasn't even there. I don't remember it. And remember her friend Leland Ingham. She, she even brought her up in the beginning of her red testimony, the testimony she read. Leland Ingham, her friend, lifelong friend. Well, remember this past weekend. She denied this as well. Quote from her own attorney, uh, a lawyer, Howard J. Walsh, representing uh, Leland Ingham Kaiser. She said, quote, simply put, Ms. Kaiser does not know Mr. Kavanaugh. She has no recollection of ever being at a party or gathering where he was present with or without Dr. Ford. Everybody she has named has no recollection of actually being at the party. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Craziness, isn't it? So the question is, though, will this work? 880-KNST, 880-5678. What do you think? Now, she read her statement. Her voice was cracking. She looked very endearing. Did she sound endearing? Did she look endearing? Any of that to you? Any of that? Do you think people are going to fall for this? Do you think people, not even just, listen, we know senators' minds are going to be made up. I can't play this for you enough, right? Ryan, if you don't mind, Kirsten Gillibrand is a Democratic senator from New York. She was asked, number 53, about uh, what's going to happen today. She was asked this last night, you know, the testimony. Will anything change her mind? Listen. Whatever he says tomorrow, it will not change my view. Do you think anybody's views are going to be changed? Do you think by now? I mean, you think about it. You know, Republican senators, Democratic senators, all the Democratic senators, their mind is never going to be made up. Republicans, I mean, you know, is Jeff Flake full of it? Are these, you know, Trump-hating senators, are they full of it? Are they always going to vote no? Are they really going to wait to see what the public has to say? Don't you think this has received so much attention publicly? And people know so much about this that maybe even the public won't even be dissuade? There are millions of women who have boys, millions of women that have grandsons, and men are getting attacked like crazy. Like crazy. The Democrats really think that all women are going to come out for this woman because they're sexist and they're going to play the the gender card. Do you think that 
it's going to backfire on them? Or do you think that people are actually going to sit back and say, this woman looks very sincere. She looks like a mom, that she could be living next door to me. Why should I not believe her? I mean, really, why, why should we not believe her? She looks like, but she's already going back on what she's saying in certain instances. Remember she used the word seared? She said, quote, they have been seared, the memories, right? The details about that night bring me here today are ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically and as an adult. They are seared into her memory. They're so seared into her memory that she can't remember certain details. You, you, do, you do realize that, right? She did say, so she said they're seared into my memory. If they're so seared into your memory, how do you not remember other things? Right? She admitted it. I don't remember all the details. Listen, here we go. Listen to this. Throw me up over there if you don't mind. Just what she said. Like most summers, I spent most every day at the Columbia Country Club in Chevy Chase, Maryland, swimming and practicing diving. One evening that summer, after a day of diving at the club, I attended a small gathering at a house in the Bethesda area. There were four boys I remember specifically being at the house. I specifically remember. Brett Kavanaugh, Mark Judge, a boy named PJ, and one other boy whose name I cannot recall. So they're so seared. Leave me up over there. They're so seared that she can't remember them. Hmm. There's more. I also remember my friend Leland attending. That's the one I just mentioned. Who doesn't remember going to this party? I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together. So now you don't remember all the details of how it came together. I don't remember the details. I'm not really sure. But once again, she did say, the details about that night bring me here today are ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. Yeah, this this actually this actually happened. Matter of fact, let me go back just a couple of seconds and I'm going to let it finish. You'll hear from her. I do not remember all of the details of how that gathering came together, but like many that summer, it was almost surely a spur of the moment gathering. Listen, I truly wish I could be more helpful with more detailed answers to all of the questions that have and will be asked about how I got to the party and where it took place and so forth. Here we go. I don't have all the answers, and I don't remember as much as I would like to. Oh. But the details that about that night that bring me here today are the ones I will never forget. They have been seared into my memory and have haunted me episodically as an adult. I mean, okay, so you remember everything. It's crazy. I don't have all the answers, but they're seared into my memory. Which one is it? We'll get your comments coming up. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. All right, 826. Thanks for hanging out. Sunny 98 today. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 880-KNST-880-5678. We're going to pop in and out of uh, live coverage because sometimes it just stinks and it's boring. Let's just face it. It stinks and it's boring as to what's going on uh, with this uh, with this Christine Blasey Ford situation. But, you know, it's talk radio. So you want to talk about it? What do you think? And I have stuff that I'm going to bring up. You know, by the way, Diane Feinstein, you didn't hear. We didn't play it. She brought up the uh, some other accusers. I didn't say alleged. And... And we'll get to it. Grassley slapped her down. 
Let's go to uh, Bruce first, though. Bruce, welcome to KNST. Hello, Bruce. Hey, Garrett. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I was listening to the testimony, and my jaw dropped in uh, Ford's opening statement when she said, uh, you know, he put my ha- his hand over her mouth, uh, and I was thinking uh, he might accidentally, and I don't know if she said, I thought she, she said did. murder me. She did. That changed. Uh, that uh, changed. She said he might accidentally murder me. Yep. Now, Either she was using that word gratuitously, because I don't know how somebody accidentally murders somebody. Mm -hmm. This is an educated woman with two masters and a Ph.D. So she either used that word on purpose in a prepared statement, or she's not stable, if she really believes that. Or she's being coached, or who who knows. But yeah, she she changed it. She changed it. And I noted on the CBS banner below, right after she said the word murder, they said... Oh, uh, she thought that he might accidentally kill her. They didn't use the word murder. Let me let me jump in for a second. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on a second. I was watching the TV. Hang on. Okay. Hang on a second. Well, nobody listens. So anyway, hang on. So here's the thing. She changed the wording. Originally, she said Brett inadvertently put his hand over my mouth. That's what she previously stated. And in this statement, it was changed to accidentally. I thought he was accidentally going to kill me. So that's yeah. those are two big freaking differences right there, right? Yep. Two huge yep. differences. From a supposedly educated person, she yeah. either knows the difference and did it on purpose, or she's not stable if she really believes that. My God, I mean, how about the, the, yeah? Because how about irresponsible it, it is that she goes from uh, a guy uh, that she claims attempted to rape her to attempted to murder her. It's like, yeah, come I mean, on, is the really? Guy now supposed to prove that he didn't do attempted murder. I mean, I guess you can, I guess that's easy to do though, because well, I guess attempted because you can say, well, she's still alive, yeah. right? But well, no, you can't. You know, alive, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Do you think people anyway, are going to fall? I mean, my jaw yeah. hit the floor when she said that. You think people are going to fall for this or no? I'm sorry. You think people are going to fall for this? Like, I hope not. I, I mean, I still have faith in people that that they can see through this, and I, I'm sorry. I'm going to work that I couldn't watch the whole thing. I'm very interested to see where the um, interviewer. Uh, the lady expert uh, goes with her questioning, but uh, who gotcha. knows? I gotcha. Bruce, thank you, man. Thank you for waiting. I appreciate yeah. it, brother. Thank you. Sorry about yelling. Trying to get it in there. But that he, he picked on something that is very, very big. Very big. Okay. Um, what, 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 what? Nothing. You're fine. Um, apparently, Christine Ford said she talked with Leland, her friend, since the party. Uh, and we'll try to get this. The... The prosecutor, the Maricopa County prosecutor, Rachel Mitchell, asked Ford if she has told her everything she remembered. She remembered, and Ford said, I believe so. I believe so. And Mitchell asked her whether the music at some point was turned down, because remember Mitchell said they turned up the music. Uh, not Mitchell, uh, Ford said they turned up the music in the bedroom. I marked Judge turned up the music so nobody could hear when she and Brett Kavanaugh were in the room. Right? So Mitchell, the prosecutor, asked her whether the music was at some point turned down, because Ford said she could hear conversations downstairs as she was leaving the house. I mean, there's lots of holes in this. Lots of holes. We'll continue. They're on re- They're in recess right now. Uh, so we'll continue when the coverage is good. I have more sound bites. I want to get to more of your statements. Please stay with me. Do not go anywhere. Granite Planet can really, really make your bathroom great again. Your kitchen great again. Is the countertop ugly? Is it gross? Is it from 2002, 1994? Whatever it might be. Maybe you bought... The house, and it was granite in it, but it was ugly granite. You're like, I want to try marble. I want to try quartz. Granite Planet has it all. They're a family-owned, family-run kitchen and bath design center. They have a giant yard full of granite 
marble. They have courts and a beautiful showroom. Uh, I had listeners go there last week. A listener bought a whole bunch of cabinetry. They have cabinetry. Whatever you need in your kitchen or bathroom, they have it there. It's one-stop shopping. You need sinks. You need faucets. They have everything there. They put you, they coach you right through it, and they install everything. They do all the work for you. There's nobody else, no subcontractors, nothing like that. That's why my wife and I, we are working with Granite Planet to redo our bathrooms. My wife wants to update them. She wants the vessel sinks. She wants the different kind of countertops. She wants the boat. Whatever she wants, she's working with Kelly, the owner's daughter. Granite Planet, making your kitchen and bath great again. The prices can't be beat. We had friends that redid their kitchen. They got an island, and they wanted quartz on it. They got this beautiful quartz. It's Carrera Quartz. Looks like Carrera Marble. It's quartz. Thousand bucks cheaper than anybody else. That's how good Granite Planet is. 747-1008, First Avenue near Glen. Find out more at GranitePlanetAZ.com. Talk. 840, thanks for hanging out. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, the hearing is in recess right now. Christine Blasey Ford hearing. She gave her statement. She was already changing up wording that she's used before. Now she says that uh, she thought that Brett Kavanaugh was going to murder her, which is new. Wasn't said that way before. She again named witnesses that were at the party that all have said, even her friend, uh, and, and her friend, I mean, because I guess Brett Kavanaugh, obviously not her friend. The others that she named, PJ Smith, not her friend. Mark Judge, not her friend. Leland Ingham Kaiser, another one named. They all denied that this party actually took place and that they were there. Is she making this up in her own mind? I mean, what's going on? Second thing I think you need to know is that a couple of guys have come forward overnight to say that they're the ones that sexually assaulted Christine Ford, not Brett Kavanaugh, and that she's confusing Kavanaugh with them. They actually talked to uh, Senate Judiciary staffers about this. Holy crap. Now, no other information is out about this, but that's a big matzo ball to have out there. What is it? Guys are admitting this? Man, it's crazy. Are they going to be taken seriously? That's the question. Well, that, yeah, I, I guess. You have to. I guess. I guess. Third thing that I think you need to know is we find out that Avenatti, that low-life lawyer, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, his latest uh, client, this Julie Swetnick, she owed over hundred grand in back taxes and magically got the money to pay it off. wonder where that came from. She also had restraining order placed against her by uh, an ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend said she's nuts, and this boy ex-boyfriend's a registered Democrat. She threatened my wife after we got married. She threatened my baby. She threatened me. Uh, she has no credibility at all. I have evidence. I have. I know this woman. Basically, saying she's nuts. Three things I think you need to know. By the way, key fourth, it'll get lost. Final numbers for second quarter: four point two percent growth, which is absolutely astounding. Absolutely astounding. So we have that. Now, leave it to Diane freaking Feinstein. I mean, what a, what a, you know what she is. I mean, she really, she brought up, now this hearing's about Christine Ford. She brought up, throw me up over there if you don't mind. She brought up the other accusers who literally have no evidence to back up anything they've said, unsubstantiated claims. Doesn't matter, Diane Feinstein wanted everybody in the world to know this. Listen. This past Sunday, we learned about Debbie Ramirez, who was a student at Yale with Brett Kavanaugh. She, too, did not want to come forward. But after being approached by reporters, she told her story. And the New Yorker did it. Remember that? And they're getting ripped by the mainstream media. Even the New York Times said, we can't run this story. We asked dozens of people about this, and nobody can corroborate it. But Diane Feinstein went on with it. She was at a college party yeah. where Kavanaugh exposed himself to her. She recalls pushing him away and then seeing him laughing 
and pulling his pants up. Yeah. Then yesterday, Here we go, another Judy Swetnick came forward to say that she had experiences yeah. of being at house parties with Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge. She recounted seeing Kavanaugh engage, and I quote, in abusive and physically aggressive behavior toward girls, end quote. So she brings up these unsubstantiated BS stories that even the mainstream media is saying, you got to be freaking kidding me right now, right? I mean, you've got to be kidding me. So Chuck Grassley had enough of this, and good for him. This is what he said. This is not a trial. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Where the, where the heck is Chuck Grassley? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on, listen. And Diane Feinstein ended it this way. Here we go. This is not good a Grassley. trial of Dr. Ford. It's a job interview for Judge Kavanaugh. Oh, really? Is Brett Kavanaugh who we want? on the most prestigious court in our country. Really? Is he the best we can do? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And here's Grassley. I'm sorry you brought up about the unsubstantiated allegations of other people because we're here for the sole purpose of listening to Dr. Ford and we'll consider other issues uh, other times. Uh, I, I would like to have you rise. There you go. So, and, you know, that's, that's, I guess, as tough as Grassley can do, but at least he said you can't do this stuff. These are unsubstantiated allegations of other people. We're not here for them, right? And I can't say this enough. Christine Ford said her friend, Leland Kaiser, was at the party. Her attorney, Leland Kaiser's attorney, put out a statement. Simply put, Ms. Kaiser doesn't know Mr. Kavanaugh. She has no recollection of ever being at a party or gathering where he was present with or without Dr. Ford. I wish somebody, whether it's the uh, Rachel Mitchell lady who is the prosecutor from Maricopa County or somebody would say, you're friends with Leland Kaiser. You say she was at the party. She said through her attorney, she has no recollection of ever being at a party or gathering where, where Brett Kavanaugh was present. How can you claim that she was there but she herself says, I was never at a party with this guy. Like, that, not that it? If you want to say that Brett Kavanaugh denies it, and you know, well, of course he's going to die, fine. His buddy Mark Judge denies this ever happened, fine. P.J. Smith, through an attorney, I was never at this party, this never happened. Fine. What about her friend? Her friend. Her friend saying, through an attorney, I have no recollection of ever being at a party or gathering where Brett Kavanaugh was present with or without Dr. Ford. That is like the most deliberate answer, like most unequivocal saying, I was not there, this never happened. How How is there no questions about this? 880-KNST, 880-5678. This, to me, is the story, right? It's the story. My goodness. And by the way, when Rachel Mitchell does ask questions, they are so much better than any of the Democrats or Republicans that are asking questions. Well, you know why, right? Because she actually is good at something and they have nothing they're good at, which is why they're politicians? Yes. Okay, we'll go with that. And they're not running for re-election. That she's way, not running she's for not re-election. Enough. She's just doing her job. Exactly. Earning her paycheck. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's go to AJ first. AJ, welcome to KNST. Hi. Hey guys, good morning. Listen, this is such a circus, but I want to tell you that they picked the right person um, to use the related suggestions. The uh, the tone of her voice was uh, this poor victimized tone. Um, 
the suggestive comments that uh, Feinstein dumped on everybody was about protecting women. So it's it's a lot deeper than than what they said. It would be like me saying, you know what, uh, Garrett was in the room alone with my child. Okay, mm-hmm. that would be true. But what would that say to a lot of people if they heard that over the radio? Or they, or, or in your church, or something. It, it it goes a lot deeper than that. It's not only just uh, a criminalization of somebody's reputation, but it's giving an opportunistic air to all these just whack balls and and nut jobs that want to get a piece of that pie. Yeah. And and yes, uh, I, I can tell you, my wife was victimized, and she she confessed that to me. Wow. You know what? She's she's not traumatized. She well, can tell me the yeah. details. And she's not traumatized. She doesn't speak in this broken, whiny tone, and they almost killed. She, it was deep. And yes, we know the person. I've met the person. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I would like to snap your neck right now. Yeah. But here's the deal. It's done. It's finished. The purpose of this thing was conspiratorial, completely conspiratorial. And you'd have to be completely on another planet not to understand how deep this is going. Yeah. I listen. Inter- I mean, everybody has a different reaction to whatever kind of trauma they have received or lived through. Uh, you know, and I, and I get that. I'm not downplaying that. But I mean, you're you you and your wife have lived through this, and everybody takes it differently. Um, we had somebody call a few days ago, a woman who says that don't call me a victim, not a victim. I wasn't victimized. Yeah, I, heard that. I mean, that's everybody's that's different awesome. in that aspect. I know it, 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 and it's and it's different that way. Like you said, this is just a bit too suspect. A bit too suspect. Uh, AJ, thank you for, so much for the phone call. I appreciate it. Let's go really quick to uh, some questioning between You're Mitchell and Ford. Say that somebody drove you somewhere, either to the party or home from the party. Correct. Okay. Has anyone come forward to say to you, "Hey, remember, I was the one that drove you home"? Oh boy. No. Okay. Oh boy. Um. In your July 6th text to the Washington Post that you looked at earlier, you said that this happened in the mid-80s. In your letter to Senator Feinstein, you said it occurred in the early 80s. In your polygraph statement, you said it was uh, high school summer in 80s, and you actually had written in, and this is one of the corrections I referred to early, and then you crossed that out. Um, Later in your interview with the Washington Post, um, you were more specific. You believed it occurred in the summer of 1982, and you said the end of your sophomore year. Yes. Um, you said the same thing, I believe, in your prepared statement. How were you able to narrow down the time frame? I can't give the exact date, and um, I would like to be more helpful about the date. And if I knew when Mark Judge worked at the Potomac Safeway, then I would be able to be more helpful in that way. So I'm just using um, memories of when I got my driver's license. I was 15 at the time, and I I did not drive home from that party or to that party. And once I did have my driver's license, I liked to drive myself. So um, I assume the legal driving age was 16. Yes. Okay. Now you've um, talked about attending therapy. Um, in your text to the Washington Post dated 7-6, mm-hmm. so that's the very first statement we have from you, you put in there, quote, have therapy records talking about it. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I understand that. Did you already have your therapy records at that time? I had looked at them online to see if they existed, yes. Okay, so this was something that was uh, 
available to you via a computer, like a, a patient portal? Actually, no. It was in the office of a provider. Okay. She helped me go through the record to locate whether I had uh, had record of this conversation that I had remembered. Did you show a full or partial set of those marriage therapy records to the Washington Post? Um, I don't remember. I remember summarizing for her what they said. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure if I actually gave her the record. Okay. Um, so it's possible that the reporter did not see these notes. Um, I don't know if she's, I can't recall whether she saw them directly or if I just told her what they said. Okay. Um, have you shown them to anyone else besides count, your counsel? Just the counsel. Okay. Uh, would it be fair to say that Brett Kavanaugh's name is not listed in those notes? His name is not listed in those notes. Would it also be fair to say that the therapist notes that we've been talking about say that there were four boys in the room? Um, it describes the uh, sexual assault, and it says uh, erroneously by four boys. So the therapist got the content of it wrong. And you corrected that to the Washington Post reporter, correct? Correct. Senator Whitehouse. Okay, that's all we need for now. Thank you, Chair. 852E. I will get your comments. we got to take a quick break. It's KNST. I'm promo code Tile. All right, it's 907. We're going to skip the three things because there's a lot of stuff going on. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST, AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. I mean, there's really one thing you need to know today. This insanity that's going on in D.C. with Christine Blasey Ford, and I was just uh, watching during the break. My goodness gracious. Um, she has a fear of flying. The only person that should be asking questions, the Democrats are just a waste of time. Waste of time. Um, but the only, the only person that should ask questions, even when it comes to Republicans and they're giving up their time, is that, that Rachel Martin, the prosecutor brought in from Maricopa County, just north of here. She basically just pointed out how this lady, it looks like she's freaking lying about the fear of flying. You, you didn't want to come here, right? Because you were afraid of flying. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to. Well, how'd you get here? Well, I flew an airplane. I was able to muster up the strength with some friends, got on the plane and flew. Okay. Okay. How'd you come here? Uh, how'd you, you, you had your polygraph done. Last in August, last month, in Baltimore, Maryland. How would you get there? I flew. Okay, and she said I, I was hoping to get uh, the the people to come to me out in California, but I knew that was unrealistic. Dude, Grassley's office called several times and said we will come to you and interview you if you'd like. And they never got an answer back. And then this Rachel Martin pointed out how this lady went. She likes to surf. She loves oceanography. She has gone to the French Polynesian Islands. She has gone all kinds of places on planes. On planes. This is huge. And by the way, there's other things going on. The major other thing that you need to know is that overnight, this story came out. Two men. It has come out that two men talked to the Senate Judiciary Committee, to staffers, saying that they are the ones. They are the ones that actually sexually assaulted Christine Blasey Ford, and it wasn't Brett Kavanaugh, and she is mistaking them. This is incredible stuff. Was there even a question about this? Politico congressional reporter Burgess Everett reported committee staff have a second interview with a man who he believes, not Judge Kavanaugh, had the encounter with Dr. Ford in the summer of 1982 that is the basis of her allegation. He described his recollection of their interaction in some detail. A second political reporter, Elena Shore, added the judiciary 
had a phone interview with a second man who also believed that he may have assaulted Ford in the summer of 82. Who are these people coming forward? I mean, are there, is there guilt? Are they telling the truth? What's going on here? There is so much information, it's hard to absorb it. Just stick with me on this. Just stick with me. Um, this lady's testimony, I mean, she's, she's got the victim face. She's got the victim, uh, the victim tone, all this stuff. Not to say that she's not, but she's got the victim tone. She's got the victim everything. But there's a lot of holes in this story, man. I'll give you one. Can we play what we put in before we get to calls? I tried to play this before the break. It was tough to get through it. Um, this is Rachel Martin going back and forth with Christine Blasey Ford about the party. Listen, here we go. Have you been contacted by anybody saying, hey, I was at that party too? No, I haven't okay. talked with anyone from that party. Okay. Not now, talk to anyone. You've you've been Listen. detailed about what happened once you got up the stairs, and so I don't need to go through that again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I just realized that I said something that was inaccurate. I said I hadn't spoken with anyone from the party since that. I've spoken with Leland. Okay. okay. Thank you for correcting yeah. that. So she's so Leland. Okay. Now she. The original question was 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 anybody? Did anybody call you and go? Oh yeah, I was at the party. No, nobody called me to tell me that. But then she said, oh, wait, I talked with Leland, who was at the party. Let me remind you, for the 97,000th time, Saturday night, five days ago, right? Five days ago, Leland Kaiser's attorney put out a statement. Quote, simply put, Ms. Kaiser, Leland, doesn't know Mr. Kavanaugh, and she has no recollection of ever being at a party or a gathering where he was present with or without Dr. Ford. That's from lawyer, lawyer Howard J. Walsh. So she claims right there, is she lying under the penalty of perjury? Is she lying? She claimed, oh yeah, I talked to Leland. Leland, Leland was at the party. I, 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 don't, I, I know that this Rachel Martin is an attorney and she's a prosecutor and she's smart. How do you not have this? If I have this as a Touche on Talk Show host, I've been talking about it since, since Monday because I couldn't go in the air on Saturday. Leland said she was never there. She has no recollection of the party and she was never ever present at a party or a gathering where Kavanaugh was. So are you lying about this or in your mind do you think it's true? Like that that's what I really want to know. I really want to know that. In her mind, she thinks it's true. Yeah. And you know what they say? It's not a lie. Mm-hmm. Unless you, you believe. Yeah, exactly. Cloche Bar was asking things. Let's turn it up real quick. There, there's like a disruption. It. Hang on. You rejected that request. So what we did provide uh, was the polygraph report, which is what the members of the committee currently this have. This is a And on September 26, Mr. Chairman, this was Senator actually Cloture sent Bar. to your chief counsel. And I just want to share it with America so that they have this report as well. Okay. We will accept without objection what you've asked us to include. But we're also requesting and expect uh, the other materials that I've just stated. But, Mr. Chairman, you wouldn't allow the underlying witness who performed the polygraph test to testify, nor would you allow Mark Judge to testify. Mm -hmm. And so I would just like to point out, thank you for allowing this report in the record, but that is the reason uh, that we don't have the underlying information for you. You you got what you wanted, and I think you'd be satisfied. Mr. Chairman. I am satisfied with Uh, that. Senator, uh, go ahead. When was the polygraph administered? It was administered on August 7th, 2018, and it was, the date of the report is August 10th, 2018, Mr. When was it provided to the committee? 
Let, let's just see if we can't do this in a more orderly way. Uh, well, it was, I was, he was asking, and I have it right here, and you have it as well. It I, was we've September 26th. We've accepted it. All right. Uh, this is why people hate this Ms. stuff. Ms. Mitchell for Senator Cruz. Thank you. Dr. Ford, um, we've talked about the day and the night that you've described in the summer of 1982, and thank you for being willing to do that. Um, I know it's difficult. I'd like to shift gears and discuss the last several months. Okay. In your um, statement, you said that on July 6th, you had a, quote, sense of urgency to relay the information to the Senate and the President. Did you contact either the Senate or the President on or before <laughs> July 6th? No, I did not. I did not know how to do that. Okay. Uh, prior to July 6th, had you spoken to any member of Congress, and when I say Congress, I mean the Senate or the House of Representatives, or any congressional staff members about your allegations? No. Why did you contact the Washington Post then on July 6th? So I was panicking because I knew the timeline was short for the decision uh, and people were giving me advice on the beach. People who don't know about <laughs> the processes, but they were giving me advice. And many people told me, you need to hire a lawyer. And I didn't do that. I didn't understand why I would need a lawyer. Um, somebody said, call the New York Times, call the Washington Post, put in an anonymous tip, go to your congressperson. And when I weighed those options, I felt like the best option was to try to do the civic route, which is to... Uh, go to my congressperson who happens to be Anna Eshoo. Uh, so I called her office and I also put in the anonymous tip to the Washington Post and neither, unfortunately neither got back to me in, before the selection of the nominee. You testified that uh, Congresswoman Eshoo's office contacted you on July 9th, is that right? They contacted me the date that the nominee was announced, so that seems like likely. Had you talked to about your allegations with anyone in her office before the date of July 9th? I told the receptionist on the phone. Okay. On July 10th, you texted the Washington Post again, which was really the third time, is that right? Anybody Second asked her date, about the time. witnesses contradicting her ever? Ever? Now I'm getting mad. Correct. And you texted, been advised to contact senators or New York Times, haven't heard back from Washington Post. Who yeah. advised you to contact senators or the New York Times? Beach friends. Beach friends. Coming up with ideas of how I could try to get to people because people weren't responding to me very quickly. So very quickly they responded to that text. Beach what, what are the names of these reason, beach friends? Once I sent that encrypted text, they responded very quickly. Did you contact the New York Times? No. Okay, why not? Uh, I wasn't interested in pursuing the media route particularly, uh, so I felt like one was enough, the Washington Post, and I was nervous about doing that. My preference was to 
talk with my congressperson. Okay, I'm, I'm done with this crap. So just so you know, there's a lot of things that have just happened. So Christine Blasey Ford, let me go back to the beginning of this, this segment. Admitted she flew to Washington, D.C., but she was very leery about flying there because she, she had a fear of flying, fear of flying. But she literally just admitted that she flies all over the place for vacation. Right? All over the place. Doesn't that go? I mean, they, they delayed the hearing. The hearing was supposed to take place last week. That's why this is all about delaying voting on Kavanaugh. Her hearing was delayed for almost a week. It was supposed to be Monday, four days ago. But she, she delayed it because she was afraid of flying. But she has just admitted how often she flies on airplanes to go surfing. I, okay, so you have that. Now, the guy that gave her the polygraph came out last night, told Shannon Marino, I only asked her two questions. That's all I was able to ask her. That's all they wanted me to ask her. The Senate committee has wanted that information. They wanted the underlying data for the polygraph. Her lawyers will not turn it over. You heard Clochabar saying, oh, no, we wanted to. Her attorneys would not turn it over. Why? Why? Because the committee wouldn't let the polygraph guy testify. What's the difference if he testifies or not? You just want the information. So her people just kept giving demands, withholding information that was wanted, that was needed. I mean, it's... Or do you just go with the emotional thing that... uh, That she's a victim and you just got to give the benefit of the doubt. I think this is going to suck for real victims. That's what it comes down to in the real world. Hang on, let's go to some calls. Mark, thanks for waiting. Welcome to KNST. No, we couldn't wait, huh? I like that, though. So he said, what? She couldn't remember 36 days ago, but now she can remember 36 years ago? Yeah, because what? Because she couldn't remember if she actually gave her medical information to the Washington Post? It's a great freaking point. I don't remember if I gave it to them or not, but I do remember what happened to me 36 years ago when I was drinking. Oh, is he? Hang on, okay. That, it's another big one. Sue, welcome to KNST. Hello, Sue. Hi, Garrett. How you doing? All right, Sue. Um, okay, I just want to say this. If after all the inconsistencies, there's no one who uh, has supported her story, and now two men have come forth and they're willing to admit to sexual assault, mm-hmm. if, if this doesn't do it for the senator's I don't know what will. Maybe if she says she's lying, maybe a few of them <laughs> would say, you know, maybe she's lying. But what else can you do? Two men are finally admitting to I this. Know. The one thing that said, seemed plausible, and she, it, 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 I mean, what, what, what else can you say? I don't even know why we're listening to all this garbage. Well, you know what? You have that, right? So you have these two guys, and we don't know if they're telling the truth or not telling the truth. I don't know what would admit, what would make somebody lie to say, I sexually assaulted someone. I, 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 I don't know. But you have that. You're right. But again, how about the credible, uh, the credibility factor of her? Is she lying or telling oh, the truth? Awful. But I'm saying That's is that why we, I'm we not just, even listening to oh. it. I finally turned out. I never miss your show in the morning, but today I didn't. Well, listen. we're not doing. Don't turn me off that much. Don't I turn you on all the time? <laughs> Or you turn me on, or anyway. So, so the fact that she literally claimed she was afraid to fly, but then oh. got called out to flying all over the world to go surf. 
I mean, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, if, and if she, I also, uh, that's another thing. You know, as a former flight attendant for crying out loud, Garrett, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't have patience for people who claim <laughs> that. <laughs> but let me just say this. Take the I picked up the fact that she couldn't remember the 36 days on which she was reporting to the uh, Washington, Washington Post. Post. But she suddenly has this miraculous, you know, memory of mm-hmm. 36 years ago. You're Spare right. me. You're right. You're right. And remember, but she said I it was it was think. seared in her brain. It was seared in her brain. But oh, she can't remember yeah. all the details that she liked. But this is seared in her brain. Yeah, and but she can't remember half of the details. But this was seared in her brain, and I'm a hundred percent sure. It was Judge Kavanaugh. Oh, spare me. See, that's why I couldn't listen to her this morning. And I listen to you every morning, and I just had to turn it off. Trust me, I'm not going to waste your time. Only when it makes sense. Just stick with me, okay, Sue? Stick with me. Oh, yeah, well, I'm listening to you now. Oh, now, okay. Primarily over. We're, we're going to have... And I'm listening to your analysis. <laughs> but it was good to talk to Same you, Same here. Thank you, you Sue. Care. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. And again, nobody's asking for some freaking reason. For some freaking reason... What about the people that you claim are at the party, but they all say they were never at this party, including your friend Leland? Why can't somebody ask that damn question? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Thor, really quick. Welcome to KNST. What's up, Thor? How you doing, buddy? All right, man. Well, you know, look, here's the thing. Tell me. And I don't want to sound uh, you know, un- unemotional or, or uh, apathetic You know, to certainly an incident that may be true. Yeah. Well, let's just go that far. It may be true. Okay. Did you actually physical, physically assault this woman? No. You, you pushed her into a room. Two people pushed her into a room. And they were drunk. They laid on top of her. They rolled over. Boom. Okay. What happens if he actually got arrested right after that incident? Does he go to jail? I'd like to know that question. I don't know the answer to that. I haven't researched it. Maybe you can. Do you go to jail? I don't know. I guess Do you spend depends. any time in prison? It's... Do you get a record? Is it a felony? Okay. Let's go that far. Let's say you get arrested. What happens? Let's find out that. But does it really require... So many years later, after this man has a, a laundry list of things that he's done in society on the, on the, on the, with the utmost integrity, but now you're going to drag his name through the dirt. I mean, let's, really, let's get down to the nuts and bolts of it. What was actually done? What crime was committed if it was, in fact, actually a crime? She claims that he got on top of her and started feeling her up, and she thought that he was going to rape her. And then this morning, it changed this morning where she said, I thought that he was going to accidentally murder me. Right. So she threw that in there. So that's that's basically what she's saying. Right. There you but go. What actually happened? And we don't know. She says, "Dude, again, we the people that she claims were the witnesses. One of her friends said, "I was never there. I never went to a party with this guy." That just throws right. her whole story out the freaking window. And then this this woman, this Rachel Martin, asked the damn question. Can you please answer me? Your friend Leland, right? You talked to her. Yeah, talked to her. Why did Leland's lawyer put out a statement last Saturday claiming she was never at a party or gathering with Brett Kavanaugh? Whoops, I don't know. I mean, ask that question. I didn't go to law school. Hey, Thor, I'm running late, man. I appreciate it, buddy. But I get your saying. Take care, man. 924, we'll continue. It's KNST. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the word LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. I hope you win. Uh, This is breaking news just in. You know, we've been talking about the two guys that have come forward. We don't know who they are yet. They talked to the Senate Judiciary uh, Committee staffers and said, we actually, and they, I think each said, I sexually assaulted 
Christine Ford. I, I did it. It wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. I did it. That came out overnight, right? Well, this is just coming out from Mike Emanuel, a reporter from Fox News. You ready for this? He reports a source familiar said the Senate Judiciary spent hours investigating these two individuals who claim to have had the encounter with Christine Blasey Ford. They're both in sound mind and sincere. They'll remain anonymous, but their story and details largely match up. Wow. This is a big freaking deal. And it's literally, this is what frustrates me. It's so simple to point out again. So you have this detail. Plus, you have the details that everybody that she names was at the party say they were not at the party. The party never happened. And even her friend that she talked to about this, again, Leland, Leland Kaiser, said through her attorney, Leland has never been to a party or gathering with Brett Kavanaugh with or without Dr. Ford being present. Man, hang on. Let's go to Bob real quick. Bob, welcome to KNSD. Hi, Bob. Hey, uh, one thing, I take my cue, a lot of it from my daughter, who, when she was very young, was molested by a friend's relative, oh. that that we took to court um, and, and took care of that. She remembers every detail to this day, and she's 35. Then, uh, she was at a party once as a teenager. Man, hang on a second, may I, ask, may I ask how old she was at the time? Uh, she was like six the first time. Oh, my God. And 29 years later, she remembers everything in vivid detail. Oh, she can tell you everything that happened in detail. She didn't want to say anything. She didn't say anything for a while, a couple of years, because she didn't want us to have a breakup with our friends. We had those friends, though, we're still very, they're one of our best friends. They understood, and they, you know, went with it. They, they got the message. They knew what was right. Wow. And then she was at a party where she was raped. Um, oh my she God. took that one. She took that with the police. That was prosecuted. The person was convicted. Um, and she said she can tell you everything about it. She's a tough girl. She can tell you every detail about it, everything that happened right down to the end. And she said, you can't recall, not recall the details of everything that happened. She believes that something happened to this girl, to Ford but not to the extent that she's saying. And well, she's a survivor of wow. my daughter twice. Well, again, you know, it's interesting that your daughter, who unfortunately went through this awful stuff, uh, says that. And and nobody's discounting it, but they're saying, did Brett Kavanaugh have anything to do with this? And now that we have these two guys coming out and, and this new breaking information that they're both sound in mind, they're sincere, their stories and details largely match up, that maybe she did, you know, mistake Kavanaugh with these guys. Who knows? But, uh, well, the other man. Thing- their thing is this. My daughter is afraid for two of her sons. She has three children, two boys and a girl. She's afraid for her sons that you can be accused of something and not be true in the wrong person and what hell they may go through. She is scared to death for her kids, for yeah. her two boys. They're not even teenagers yet. She is already afraid on this type of stuff for her kids. That they're going to be so accused again, of things. Yeah. Oh. Again, I take my cue from her, who has lived through this, survived through this, strong woman now um and it's like okay that's who i believe in and what she's thinking and her her line of thought wow living through it twice so bob that's where i man. am it's political as hell right now and she is my daughter's pissed wow <laughs> so there's an, really, another another victim that's mad and can see through this man yeah, uh bob that, that's th- where she is well thank thank you so much for sharing bob i appreciate it have a good day man take, take care
Holy smokes. 880-KNST, 880-5678. More highlights coming up uh, I have for you. Uh, more of your calls, your reaction. Keep it here all day long because what's going to happen in a, you know, when, when uh, later on today, Kavanaugh gets his chance. Oh, man. Is he going to be mad? Is he going to be okay? What's, gonna, what's he going to say? Uh, we'll get to all that coming up. Windows of Greater Tucson. I got an email from Gloria. Gloria actually emailed me a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and asked about Windows of Greater Tucson and Pat Doherty, and I put her in touch with Pat. She's a listener. And she, I mean, again, you get a product and you're so happy with it. I mean, you expect great service, great things, right? But not only did she, did she want to tell people, she wanted to tell me how great it was. She said, aside from Pat's fantastic quote, Pat Doherty, the owner of, this is from her, Pat Doherty, the owner of Windows of Greater Tucson is a genuine person. He and my husband, Mike, and myself got into talking politics. It was refreshing. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to, but he will. It was refreshing to be able to talk to someone with the same views as Mike and myself. Now, back to the windows, she writes. We had them installed yesterday and today, and they look fantastic. I really want to promote Windows of Greater Tucson, so you can mention us. Uh, Mike and Gloria, they do it. We love our windows. We love them so much. We live in Vail. We're so thankful that Pat from Windows of Greater Tucson came out to talk with us. And thank you, Garrett, for the recommendation. And they said, by the way, another we're behind Kavanaugh 100%. <laughs> thank you so much. Windows of Greater Tucson, you will get probably the best price. I mean, he comes in usually, on average, about half compared to the big-name guys in town. He delivers happiness. People are so happy to get these windows. The longer you wait, the longer it's going to take, obviously, but a lot of homes need to be rebuilt in the Carolinas, California, uh, the Gulf Coast area, So, and there's new homes being built. So don't wait any longer. Get these windows. 488-9469 and go to Windows of Greater Tucson.com. Oh, yeah, that's me. 943, Garrett Lewis with you. KNSD AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Uh, there is another recess going on right now. So uh, that's the latest going on there. Of course, the, the three things I think you need to know. we got to knock one out to you because that's just that's how we roll at this point. Uh, number one, the hearing is continuing. Kavanaugh, not yet, but uh, Christine Blasey Ford first. Uh, however, what is just in, Mike Emanuel from Fox says, these two guys that came forward. And said, we're the ones that sexually assaulted Christine Blasey Ford. Wow. And it happened overnight we found out about this. A source familiar said the Senate Judiciary spent hours investigating these two individuals who claim to have had the encounter with Ford. They're both in sound mind and sincere, will remain anonymous, but their story and details largely match up. Wow. Second thing that I think you need to know in this hearing, a lot of holes in this. A lot of holes. Christine Blasey Ford said she couldn't show up. Last week, she kept delaying. They said, you got to give us an answer by Friday. Will you come? Will you testify? Will you answer questions? And they, they kept putting it off, saying she's afraid to fly. She's afraid to fly. She doesn't can't be there Monday. She's afraid to fly. She's there today, three days later. But then she admitted that she flies all over the place to go surf. She loves oceanography. She flies all around the world for her hobbies and vacations. Yeesh, that goes to credibility, doesn't it? Third thing, I think you need to know... There's a thousand things. Some different. Economy, numbers are good. Quarter two, it is confirmed. 4.2% growth. New normal. Three things I think you need to know. Now, what do you think about all this? 880-KNST, 880-5678. If you missed the whole flying thing, throw me up over there real quick, Ryan. Real quick. Listen to what happened. Rachel Mitchell, the prosecutor brought in from Maricopa County and Christine Blasey Ford. In fact, you fly fairly frequently for your hobbies and your, you've had to fly for your work. Is that true? Correct, unfortunately. Um, you mm. you were a consulting biostatistician in Sydney, Australia, is that right? Mm. 
I've never been to Australia, but the company that I worked for is based in Australia, and they have an office in San Francisco, California. Okay. I, I don't think I'll make it to Australia. <laughs> it is long. Um, I also saw on your CV that you list the following interests of surf travel, and you, in parentheses, put Hawaii, Costa Rica, South Pacific Islands, and French Polynesia. Have you been all to those places? Correct. By oh. airplane? Yes. Oh. And your interests also include oceanography, uh, Hawaiian and Tahitian culture. Did you travel by air as a part of those interests? Correct. Oh. Thank you very much. Easier for me to travel going that direction when it's a vacation. Whoa, that just makes it okay. That just makes it all right. Man. So... <clears throat> Uh, Christine Blasey Ford also said it's not possible that I mixed up Kavanaugh and Judge with someone else. Hmm. By the way, if you've missed it, I'm looking at tweets, I'm looking at videos. MSNBC, CNN, they're saying the same thing. Half the country is crying right now. Half the country is crying. I, how is it even possible Kavanaugh can be considered for this job? How is that possible? This woman is a model citizen, said Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. Everything that could have gone wrong for Kavanaugh has is an understatement. That's what she said. It's funny how you look at it and you see different things, depending on your point of view. Right? CNN, the panel said, we can only imagine the people who were watching on television were crying. You know, it's funny. MSNBC has the liar, Brian Williams, doing coverage and analysis. Yeah. 880-KNST, 880-5678. I still don't know... Why people haven't asked the question, the witnesses that you have talked about in your opening statement, none of them say the party ever happened, including your friend Leland Kaiser. How can you explain that? Why has that not happened? What are they waiting for? Will it ever happen? All right, two things. Uh, more detections of the uh, McSally uptick. Oh, really? Are being heard and reported to me. And- She's a very <laughs> soft-spoken person, though, right? Yeah, sure. And... um the whole situation with uh, her parents and the uh, the judgment against them made by uh, Brett Kavanaugh's mo- mom as a mom, judge that her parents judge, law yeah, yeah their their home was foreclosed upon and you know yeah is this revenge is it not revenge we don't know we don't again yeah let's put another thing if you're just tuning in and I'll get your calls the fact that the woman that came out yesterday Michael Evanati the dirtbag low life lawyer. Uh, this Julie Swetnick that claims she went to 10 parties where the drugs were flowing into the boot, into the into the drinks and the girls were getting drugged up and getting raped. And she just she went back to 10 of those parties. And by the way, she was in college. She was at least a couple of years older than than uh, Ford. I'm sorry, than, than Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge, the rest of these guys. So she was uh, in college at the time and she kept going back there. Turns out that, well, she owed 100 grand in back taxes and magically got the that money and got it paid off. How did that happen? OK, also. Her lawyer, well, she, she worked for uh, I, I, New York, MetLife, something like that, some, some company in New York. Uh, I, can, I can get the exact name for you. Hang on. I don't want you, I don't want you to think that I'm making this up, okay? Uh, but she sued. It was uh, New York Life Insurance Company. Back in 06, she worked there from 06 to 08. Wall Street Journal reported this. She sued New York Life Insurance Company over a sexual harassment complaint. Her lawyer... Representing her in the complaint was the firm run by Deborah Katz, who is the lawyer currently representing Dr. Christine Ford. How did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah. 
Uh, and by the way, I like this is I just got this comment. This is great. So Dr. Ford just stated she took the pot. This is from Kevin. She just she took the polygraph on the day of her grandmother's funeral. And then when asked again if she had taken the polygraph on the day of her grandmother's funeral, she said she wasn't sure if that was the day or the next day. And this polygraph took place in August. How would you not remember you took a polygraph on the same day as your grandmother's funeral? I mean, how do you not know that stuff? But seared in my memory 36 years ago, Brett Kavanaugh jumped on top of me and Mark Judge watched it happen. It's a great freaking point. Shane, welcome to KNST. Hello, Shane. Great show this morning, Garrett. Listen, I, agree. I just want to make two points and get your, you know, your uh, comments. One, all the people listening need to turn out and vote and, and make a red wave this November. Because this is, this is the lowest point in American politics. Um, in the evening, Mark Levin has talked about this is just, it's dragged down our society mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. And we need to vote and just overwhelmingly show the media, the, the, Wacko Democrats. I mean, they're not just Democrats. They're just crazy. Mm-hmm. What the American public believes. But then at the second point, we need to hold and start holding the feet to the fire of the Republicans. This is ridiculous that they allowed this to continue. Once we fill those seats with ours, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for McSally. But you know what? If she does any of this stuff like Flake, we need to recall her. We need to recall any of these Republicans, you know, fill the seats with ours and then hold them accountable. Grassley has been trying to be a gentleman mm-hmm. and a scholar and a diplomat and a statesman. And you know what? I'm sick of that. I want more Trump. I get, and you know why? You know, he tries doing that, and it's like they don't realize you could be the nicest person ever. You're still going to be looked at and vilified as the devil in the eyes of the media and Democrats. So there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't punch back. By the way, Trump apparently, according to reports I read, uh, Trump and Pence talked to Kavanaugh this morning, and Trump told him, you better fight back strongly. Do not be afraid to that. Punch back strongly. Fight back. Stand up for yourself. So hopefully that happens. Like, it's, just, it's just like when you played Trump yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry. When Hannity played Trump yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trump called out that, that reporter for saying, oh, can one of my female reporters. Yep, Jim Acosta. Yep, we question? have that. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, it, we're trying to paint you to be a sexist, you jerk. I'm going to point out that you haven't called out a woman yet, you idiot. That's what they yeah, tried. Yeah, we need. We need people to punch back. Right. I want politicians that punch back, and I don't want statesmen anymore. I want people defending our interests. Well, the people that said they're statesmen, they're globalists. John freaking McCain, statesman oh, yeah. my ass. He hated yep. you. He hated me. He hated all of us. He did. We need, we need a red wave in November, Gary. Let's hope. Let's hope. Shane, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. And I do agree. The show's been really good. Matter of fact, 59, if you don't mind. This is what Shane's talking about. 59. Oh, uh, you have a whole bunch of things open, apparently. Where? I don't know. Uh, one minute. Okay, I'll play. Can you put it in the actual control screen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jim Acosta was getting ready to ask Trump a question yesterday at his awesome press conference. Dude is a boss. And Jim Acosta became uh, a bit of a sanctimonious jackass. Listen to this. 